When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ho, 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 hello, and welcome to Bah Humbug, the Christmas movies podcast. I'm your host, Helen O'Hara, and today I'm delighted to be talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, a show that doesn't know what Christmas is, but knows that it's here. Joining me to discuss this is an old friend, Radio One and One Extras film critic, Ali Plum. How are you doing? Hello, ho, 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 ho. I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm gl- glad to see you're wearing your, I think, diehard Christmas jumper today, which is uh, only appropriate, of course. Absolutely bang on. And on the back, it says uh, greetings seasons, uh, which is the best thing about it. That is awesome. Yes. So, um, so yeah, we're going to get into this uh, this one-off Marvel holiday special. It's pretty simple. It's getting on for Christmas in the Guardians of the Galaxy world in the giant empty space head that is nowhere. And Chris Pratt's Peter Quill is feeling kind of melancholy because he's missing his girlfriend. You know, he's missing Christmas because he's in space. It's all a bit much. So his equally empty space-headed friends, uh, Drax, Dave Bautista, and Mantis, Paul Clementiev, come up with a fantastic and foolproof plan to, to cheer him up. They are going to get him the world's greatest Christmas present. His hero, Kevin Bacon. Q some madness, some light kidnapping, and some surprisingly catchy songs. So Ali, what did you think of this? I was actually quite happy with this one. And the reason why I say that, the reason why I say that is because I had a few people online on Twitter generally going, eh, it's not very good, Mm, bit of a disappointment. I am grateful they did that, I guess, because I went in and thought, this is a laugh. It kicks off with you know, an obvious um, nod to the Star Wars holiday special with the cartoon and the animation. It's very knowing. It's very James Gunn, very winky. It's got the Marvel logo wreathed in big twinkly lights and there's snow. It's both having its Christmas cake, ho-ho, and eating it too. It's saying, we know this is cheesy and silly, but let's also just be cheesy and silly. And I like seeing a Marvel unit of entertainment that doesn't have a big bad antagonist that's about to club you over the head, end the universe, poison all your family. It's just, frankly, a male white man who's <laughs> doing pretty well, all things considered, having a sad day. And if that can't inspire you, I don't know what can. No, it's it's good. It's fun. It's sentimental. It's silly. It's got a lot of your favourite characters and two baby brains, um, as I like to call <laughs> Uh, Drax and uh, Mantis baby braining around Earth and I started watching it to begin with with the sort of negative hat on going okay what are people hating and I thought the opening song with the incredibly rotating Mm -hmm. limb was a good laugh had some nice jokes you know Santa Claus Mrs. Claus and her pole all that stuff I thought it was catchy very and I also thought the soundtrack full stop was just great 
maybe I'd have cut out the pogues, but otherwise, yeah. Right. <laughs> we sort of expect nothing less from a from a you know a, a, a Guardians of the Galaxy thing yeah. in particular. We're not going to make this into a whole Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, spoiler. Ali has done that a lot uh, elsewhere. I have done that a lot uh, with Empire as well. So we won't go completely into the weeds on Marvel lore. Don't worry here. But yeah, it is really you know th- these films, these Guardians of the Galaxy films, they always have great, great music. And and this is absolutely no exception. And I also love that rotating limb. I feel like it's it's good to remind us, or at least try to convince us, that this is not a man in some funny face mask, that it is an alien being who can do things that we cannot. I also love the throwaway gag about they just picked up these instruments this morning and instantly learned how to play them. It was so fun in just emphasizing the alienness that it's not i think they've called them the old 97s on the on the soundtrack at least but they're not you know just another garage band they're an alien garage band it's different <laughs> yeah it's it i can really hear and feel i mean you always can but james gunn throughout this one and it's it's just a bit of a laugh and i have always approached any holiday special christmas special as let's be honest not being the best example of whatever particular genre like you've got your Frasers and your well, who else do really good christmas episodes i mean some people love the friends ones but by and large friends was, always, friends was always better at thanksgiving than christmas for yeah, me right but i'm never coming in going oh well this will be the apex of of you know whatever it is because there's only so many things you can say i think they did a pretty good job they progressed the plot quite nicely again not to get too much into the lore of it into the weeds of it you know they canonized uh, i think it was deleted scene from guardians of the galaxy volume 2 i.e. that pom clementiev's mantis is actually a sibling half sibling to peter quill which is pretty neat mm. but yeah soundtrack yeah. tick cheesy cartoon stuff great um a brand new comedy christmas song which is very hard to pull off these days double check i'm i i was pleased i was happy yeah and i feel like that you know this is something that you and i have talked about before that you know the the marvel films at their best have characters that you would just be happy to hang out with and just be happy to watch you know sit around having a meal together because they are fun interesting people and their interactions are fun and interesting and i feel like this is exactly what we said we wanted this is exactly yeah. that it is uh, just a kind of, uh, you know, a non, as you say, world-threatening, non-baddie-driven caper that focuses on these characters and gives us a little bit more of their kind of, you know, off-duty lives, if you will. Like, what do they do when they're not saving the galaxy? Well, it turns out they harass major movie stars. But that's something we didn't know before. Yeah, and I thought it was really cute doing a and introducing for Kevin Bacon which is so tongue-in-cheek. The whole thing is so tongue-in-cheek, but wow, introducing Kevin Bacon is just fantastic. And if you want to get into it, it's kind of surreal to see Flula Borg, who you and I know because we're super nerds, but he is, I think, best known for being a stand-up comedian. He's German, but he's also been in The Suicide Squad, another James Gunn production, but also in uh, Pitch Perfect 2. He's a very funny guy, and he plays the barman when they get absolutely wasted at that Christmas party. <laughs> uh, you've also got other Marvel winks. I think there's a reference in a poster. It's very blink and you'll miss it, but there's a reference to a movie that Kamel Nanjiani's character from Eternals yes, is in. Yes, Kingo. Kingo's yeah. Christmas, I think it is. So there's that sort of fun. And then if we get uber meta, 
uh, isn't Kevin Bacon totally by himself, totally normal, in his giant, very stale pad? Let's be honest, I don't like the way you've made your house, mate. Doesn't feel very Christmassy. Um, <laughs> he's watching, you know, aliens abduct Santa Claus, or what's it called? I think it's Santa Claus versus the Martians. Of yes, course. of course, of course. And the concept of that is that some aliens want to know what Christmas is like, so they kidnap Santa. Santa. So it's all very meta and cute and all that stuff. And I think, frankly, 45 minutes of bonus content. Yes, please. I know it's quote unquote yeah. free, but um, yeah. And I love how they shot this during the same schedule as volume three. So from what we've seen of the trailer of, of volume three, which is coming out at the time of recording next year, 2023, I bet they really enjoyed just having some fun because the trailer seems to be Tears, crying, someone's died, someone's about to die. Ah! And here's just goofy nonsense where, um, you know, Nebula is going, here's Bucky's arm. I know you wanted it from Infinity War. I mean, I loved, I love that. The idea that the, the Guardians all get their perfect Christmas presents in the end. And yes, of course, Rocket had to get Bucky's arm, which he's been eyeing up this whole time. I love his weird obsession with, with prosthetics. That's yeah. his thing. You know, he's just got this little hobby of collecting everybody's prosthetics or, or just stealing them. I, I don't even know if he keeps them. Like he obviously gave that eye to Thor. He's like, well, I don't need it. I just wanted it. And yeah, I'm in, I'm intrigued to see what uh, what becomes of the arm if it, if it turns up again. But all so there's all these little tie-ins and you can, as you say, take all of this stuff from the wider MCU and take all this stuff from their, from their history. But equally, if this is the first thing you've ever seen of the Guardians, <laughs> which God help you if it is, but if it is... You know that there's this bunch of weirdos and they care about each other and, you know, they're doing their best. They're doing their best to celebrate Christmas in a giant empty space head in the sky with their own giant space heads <laughs> I, that are equally empty. I think if this was the first thing you'd seen, you'd think it was dreadful. I The way I'm looking at it now, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, you just go, what a load of self-indulgent tosh. I don't get any of it. Whereas I'm watching the little green, like, doodad that Yondu gets given in the animated ending and going, oh, that is actually on his little desk yeah. in the first film. And you go, well, I find that very rewarding, but who really cares how Star-Lord, who, got his twin guns? Us, of course. But otherwise, it reminded me just a tiny bit of the ending of the Tomb Raider movie starring Alicia Vikander, mm-hmm. where at the end she gets two guns and you go okay uh, um good for you good for you but for, for those that are in the tank and i think you know essentially all of what we've seen over the past two years of pandemic uh disney plus uh splurging the majority of the disney plus marvel content has been for the heads for the geeks for the nerds but of course and i think um i'm slightly concerned that people will watch volume three and go i'm sorry i didn't catch the holiday special i'm not across any of this <laughs> because people watched the um doctor strange 2 and went what happened to wanda wow things got really out of hand i have no memory of this and i was sitting there in the in the movie going um i'm gonna say this as quickly and quietly as i can but this is the plot of wandavision so uh i wonder whether what we've seen here will actually genuinely have some sort of ramifications strokes chin strokes chin mm. Well, yeah. I mean, I think I, I assume that we're going to see, uh, and again, not to get crazy far into the weeds, Sorry. but I, I feel like we're going to see them, you know, managing the nowhere. Maybe we're going to see, obviously, this this um, 
the Groot that we see here is slightly grown up from the last time we saw him. He has he has developed further yeah. as a he is now a bit more. It's just bigger. He's muscly, if that's the right word for a tree. He's not quite chunky. He's just a bit of a unit now. He's he's yeah. he's been at the gym, and he's yeah. I mean, I would not. I mean, I, I, I mean, in the first film and in the recent volume two, I didn't want to, you know, get in a scrap with him. But um, yeah, he's he's wide. He's filled out, let's that's say, as a, as a young man, as a young tree, he has filled out. Um, so I guess that's the the sort of Groot that we're going to see going into Volume 3, yeah. um, judging from from that trailer. Yes, there's a lovely bit with just Rocket Raccoon getting his, his dream thing for Christmas. He doesn't have a lot to do otherwise, I suspect, because he's a very, very expensive character to animate. <laughs> and, um, you know, on this kind of thing, there, there must be some kind of limit on the budget. So I, I guess that makes sense. But I did love spending more time with the, the double act of Drax and Mantis, who are just, I mean, they're they're well-meaning, I think, maybe not in Drax's case all the time, but they they have some kind of, you know, morality to them. And yet they are just dependably... Uh, dumb? Dumb. Yeah, it's not a bad word for it, is it? I think, frankly, this is about as much of them as I could have handled. Uh <laughs> I think if you overextend Mantis, I think, and Drax, he, he, they're, they're to me, they're hundreds and thousands on the cake. They're not the flavoring mm-hmm. of the cake. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this was about as much as I could handle. And some of the jokes, you're like, yes, I know you're going to say that. You know, the whole like, ooh, the cloaking. Shall I press it? Ooh, I said I did. Oh, looks like I'm doing it now. But again, you're in the tank. It's a bit of fun. And mm-hmm. I quite like seeing it for a moment play for very dark laughs. Earth is now a world where there is a bright green uh, Hulk lawyer. And, uh, you know, in theory, thanks to Eternals, there's a giant half being that's floating out of the sea. They know what weird stuff looks like, endgame, et cetera, et cetera. But still, if you see a spaceship floating over LA, <laughs> um, kind of darkly funny, kind of enjoyed that. <laughs> and I also enjoyed, for what it's worth, the, you know, Hollywood oh, look, it's Steve, photos, yes. all that stuff. Uh, particularly seeing Go... Is that a GoBot? So not a Transformers. A GoBot, yes, I believe, I believe so. And I believe that's a, that's one of the, the big Marvel stuntmen inside one of the uh, ah. um, 87 crew stuntmen inside getting beaten up by Drax, yes. Great fun. Uh, I, yeah, I enjoyed all that dorkiness and, you know, I particularly like Drax as a gamer being mistaken for Kratos from God of War, which is... yes. I recognised that reference, and you know I'm not a gamer. You had to talk me through the story of The Last of Us, um, ah. which you very kindly did once. But um, but but even I got that reference. I thought that was clever. I felt pretty bad for Drax because what have you got to do? Save the universe a couple of times. How are you going to get famous enough to be noticed by the guy in the street? <laughs> Particularly when Captain Marvel's over there, they know who she is, and they uh, they're pretty sure they know who Ant Man is. But who's this? That is Drax. I mean, mm. anyway, his PR team need maybe to buck their ideas up. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, I enjoyed all that sequence um, and the sort of almost Ferris bullery bouncing behind and in front of the fences. Would you agree with me though, Helen, that it got a bit dark when the cops just go, yeah, I'm going to shoot you. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a, it was a weird moment that because I wasn't quite sure. I, I've watched this twice and the first time I wasn't quite sure if the Guardians killed a bunch of cops and I was yeah. like, okay, that's... Not ideal, but Team. then if, when I watched it back and I was like, okay, they 
they didn't kill anybody. But equally, the cops pulled their guns on these strange people. That's also not ideal. I mean, it's all too perhaps realistic of, you know, a certain trigger-happy tendencies in certain law enforcement yeah. officers. But equally, it's, 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 you're right, it's a darker thing than you would expect to be in your holiday special. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. I, I wouldn't bring it up because obviously it's big, goofy nonsense. But at the same time, Gunn does like to play with dark, naughty, cheeky mm. stuff. And in that moment, I went, hang on, where are we positioned? What line are we dancing across? I just, just to be clear, but I think when you have a character that can just go sleep, sleep, it just about still works. I, for one, was glad to see that Drax can just flip cars like they're, you know, donuts popping into his mouth. Um, not a big deal. But that that, deal. Yeah. that whole sequence felt a little bit like, ah, oh, yes, we should have a fight. We should have a fight <laughs> here because otherwise it's a little bit not marvel enough. We need to have some sort of scrap. Because, yeah, she could have just run up, tapped him on the shoulder and gone, we're friends now. Sleep. Sleep, come with me. Sleep. I thought it was cute how he, when he thinks of a hero, Kevin Bacon immediately goes to Cockney War Private. I was like, that is fantastic. <laughs> I love that. I'm Helen O'Hara, film journalist, author and host of Women vs. Hollywood, a new podcast from the Stripped Media family. We're exploring the fall and rise of women in Hollywood from the silent era to the present day and into the future. Each episode, I'm joined by three or more special guests to discuss the challenges that women face in the film industry and look at what we can do to change the picture. We've got actors, directors, producers, writers, academics, film experts, you name it, they're all here to explain what's going on in Hollywood. Search for Women vs. Hollywood now, wherever you're listening to this, and come join us. Can we like give some props to Kevin Bacon? Because oh, yeah. he, it's been kind of a running joke in the Guardians movies that, you know, Peter Quill loved Footloose, that he he kind of imprinted on this character, that he also once saved the universe by dancing. So, you know, there's this hilarious kind of misunderstanding of what Footloose is for a start. And then and then to kind of build on that in this way and have Kevin Bacon taking the Mickey out of himself just from soup to nuts here, slagging off acting as a profession. Yeah. Just, I thought he was wonderful. I loved him. Yeah, double thumbs up to Kevin. Uh, let's ignore the fact that he was in X-Men First Class and the whole like sort of wibbly-wobbly multiverse nonsense. Forget that. Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. Doesn't matter. Uh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Him being talked round by James Gunn's brother, whose character name I always forget. Yes, his name is Kaggle. Kaggle. Kangle. Kongle. Kaggle. Him. The one with Yondu's um, arrow hat uh, was quite nice, and I bought it because they didn't have much time to do what they needed to do, and him turning around and playing the song. If you're really into the MCU, and I will leave it here in the geekiness side, but I am group. Kraglin. Sorry, it's just come to me. Kraglin. Did you know, by the way, that all of the ship names are named after pop stars? I know that the Milano was, so that does make a certain amount of sense. So, you so got who the, else have we got? So you've you got Milano, right? And this one now yeah. you've got um, uh, Bowie. But Ooh. we've also had Banatar, as in Pat Benatar. Right, yes, yeah. So the three ships have been Bowie, Benatar, and Milano. Think That's of all, pretty cool. Think of all the kids that have watched this, born in the year 2000, <laughs> and have gone, not a clue. Not a clue. Means nothing to me. I just don't care. Maybe it'll encourage them to go and search, you know? For... Maybe they'll learn something. Yeah. Who is this David Bowie? 
Um, did you enjoy as much as I did uh, the extra upgrade that we saw with Cosmo, the USSR dog with the slight Russian accent? Uh, very up. Really enjoy any talking dog, I'll be honest with you. Um, yep. And if there could be tons more of that character... I'd be very happy. Yeah, I, I didn't see Cosmo in the in the trailer for Guardians Three, so I don't know if that's a, a character we're going to see a lot more of. But I think it was Maria Bakalova, wasn't it, from Borat, who does the voice, and um, and yet that was just so that was just so weird and charming. And what the heck is there's a talking dog now as well as the raccoon or whatever with the gun? I mean, you're right. If you came into this as a complete newbie to the Guardians, it's it's not going to be the easiest thing in the world to digest. Um, it's like a bit, I God mean, bless him. Particularly looking at that alien rat with a with a bow on it being slapped in front of you. Uh, but going back <laughs> to the uber geekiness, uh, if you've watched the I Am Groot shorts, we learn about mm. Groot's uh, love of papier mâché and you know making stuff. And what a fantastic knowingly knowing joke of Craglin getting a maquette blue peter thing of the moment he is having it's just he is it's it's that i thought that that was so weird and so like unlike anything i'd quite seen before yeah and i i loved it i mean the, the fact that basically as they open their presents from group each one in turn it kind of tells the story of the entire show you've just watched <laughs> even the bit that he absolutely wasn't there for and has no way of knowing no about idea. that we know of <laughs> Uh, include up to the moment of yes opening the present and that's the papier mache he's made is he magic is Groot magic I think he what's might happening be magic. I also think I don't need answers is it maybe a knowing nod to this it's been happening for about 10 12 years now this habit of going no matter how schlocky the movie no matter how short the movie no matter how insubstantial a movie is the credits end with a sort of like flip book of all the big moments in the movie as if to remind you as you walk out the door oh yeah and there was that bit and there was that bit and it seemed to be and i'm overanalyzing sort of a knowing nod to yeah we are doing that a lot aren't we yeah maybe this <laughs> well, yes. three minute thing isn't worth it but let's get away with it anyway i mean but yeah but it's just so silly and fun and, yeah. and, and weird uh, even um, even jokes like how on earth do you get reception Coming from the guy yeah. that sells a lot of EE, you'd know, Kevin. You'd know. At least they didn't name check EE in it, <laughs> like we just did. Oh no! Oh no! Have we lost or gained sponsorship? I can't tell. I don't know. We didn't have any to begin with, so let's hope we've gained it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's just. I, I thought it was just a, a really nice mix of weirdness. And cosmic stuff and, and the sort of all that fish out of water stuff in LA. And then like a little bit of genuine heart kind of sneaking in, as you say, at the end. You know, they do care about each other. They are a bunch of a-holes, as they kept saying in the first film. Uh, they are all outcasts in their own way and all kind of little lost souls in their own way. But they they sort of find a way to work together. So it it, it does really lend itself to a Christmas movie. You it know, does. what do you do with like... A Captain America Christmas movie, like everyone he knows and loves is dead. And um, it's it's a difficult one to kind of imagine what that would look like. But the Guardians, yeah, something about it kind of works. Yeah, Captain America is sitting on a rocking chair, sipping some eggnog for about 20 minutes and then a face of black. <laughs> uh, whereas this one gets to have a sort of Hollywood actors are awful, 
it gets to, to again have its Christmas cake and eat it because even the little journey around Hollywood where they're trying to find the famous people's houses to get to Kevin Bacon, you see Margot Robbie couldn't be more DC. John Cena couldn't be more DC. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's face pops up. It's like, it, it really is very like winky, winky, winky. I suppose what it is, trying to justify why people were upset about this, is it is so throwaway that it must have knocked people off their perch a bit like going hang on what 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 i didn't know you could do this i didn't know you could actually change the tone and i'm all for it i'm all for it i i i think we need to be doing more of this and of course a similar one shot type thing was the more recent halloween horror black and white michael giacchino horror twinged one and if you're close to 30 movies in and at one point the biggest movie of all time if that's all under your belt for the mcu please do bizarre stuff yeah please use your power to make things like as you say werewolf by night use your power to make um some aliens go to la for christmas exactly. and kidnap a beloved movie star <laughs> use your power to do this kind of bizarre stuff and and you know th- this idea of um again aliens getting involved in christmas is something i mean i'm not saying that santa claus versus the martians is is a great christmas movie i'm really not but i do think there's kind of unmined potential in this fish out of water with Christmas that we haven't actually seen done very much. You know, I mean, the closest you get is sort of Elf, where he's an absolutely yeah. a fish out of water, but he's also the Christmasiest person who has ever lived. So it's a kind of, a, it's a weird way of approaching that. But, you know, you don't often get this, oh, what is Christmas kind of vibe that we have here. And, and so it did feel fresh and different and something we hadn't seen before. Yeah, I I, I am now going to casually recommend this one to people. And I, I'm glad of that because I think quite a few MCU products on Disney Plus lately have been a bit like, if you're dead keen on the character or if you're obsessed with X actor, whereas this one, I'm like, yeah, go have a good time. And in fact... We had a bit of this, obviously, Christmas Marvel stuff with Hawkeye, which deserves a mention because Iron Man 3, Hawkeye, and now this are the three uh, Marvel products that have acknowledged the presence of, of Christmas. But what this one does, and this is, I think, the best example of totally flipping us on our heads, is Christmas has become, obviously, news just in from 1960, totally commodified religion-free shopping festival for a lot of people, for good or ill. But this one actually made me go, oh yeah, there's a baby in a manger with hay and you see Drax's face and you go, yeah, that is weird. What's the deal with that? <laughs> and I thought, oh, actually, you've, that's, that's a pretty nice rug pull. Yeah. The fact that they took that moment to have that moment exactly. in this kind of crazy film is is something extraordinary, actually. Uh, the reason for the season, if you're one of those people, is there, you know, and it's kind of, it's it's nicely handled. It doesn't have them making a flippant joke, so it's not going to offend people. But at the same time, it, it does, as you say, kind of make it seem a bit odd. So, yeah. you know. You suddenly yeah. see it from an alien's perspective and you go, we are pretty eccentric. When it comes down to it, from an alien's point of view, baby, donkeys, three old men with frankincense, myrrh. Anyway, I enjoyed this. Is that a review they'd put on the poster? I enjoyed it. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. And as Christmas specials go, I think it's up there, frankly. I think, so. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was trying to think, and holiday specials, now is it mm. political correctness gone mad? But it, I think it is very much a Christmas special once you get into it. But um, I, I I enjoyed it. I think my, my personal favourite Christmas 
episodes of TV shows, if you will, uh-huh. are Father Ted, a Christmasy oh, Ted, course, yes. a classic, and um, the Blackadder Christmas Carol episode, which is oh, magnificent. I think I've actually written an article on this, so I'm quickly um, looking it up. <laughs> Here we go. We yeah, probably I- did it at Empire once, right? <laughs> undoubtedly uh this is my best 15 christmas episodes number one christmasy ted uh right. gavin and stacy i put up there as well <clears throat> right yes 2000 and a long time ago uh, christmas cow we've mentioned with uh blackadder uh merry christmas mr bean right yes Good yeah, call. yeah 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 all that that stuff holiday armadillo i referred to earlier vicar of dibley if we get full british um jumping into the the pond but in terms of sort of self-aware knowing noddy animation stuff mm. i would shout out community and that's abed's uncontrollable yes. christmas from 2010 season two um yeah stop motion animation beautiful christmas yeah movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh yippee kayak brooklyn 99 god this is a well-written article wow hey you're quite good at this you know look at that listing stuff ali's got it he's he's good at googling things look at that <laughs> send me the, send me the link i'm going to put it in the show notes so people can read it okay yes. send me the link um done well these can be magnificent because they're you know it, it gives you all the stuff you love about whatever tv show mm-hmm. plus christmasy good feelings and um or bad feelings in blackadder's case and that is that is all you can wish for and and i love here you know I think they're making fun of the Star Wars holiday special with the title. Yeah. Um, famously, the worst Christmas special. And I talked about it on a previous episode. Go back and, well, honestly, I mean, not to blow my own horn, but I would recommend listening to that rather than watching the Star Wars <laughs> holiday special, which is, oof. But the Star Wars Lego holiday special. There you go. There we go. That's there also go. a good one. That's what you need. But to yes, so this is going on our rotation is what we're saying. This is going to be, I... you know... A recommendable Christmas. I will likely watch this again next year. I think I probably will. And I think it's because it's a one shot, so to speak. Mm. And Hawkeye is a six episoder. I think this has a much higher chance. Yeah. I reckon. That and Klaus, which we've talked about a lot before. Which we have talked about and which you you love very much and, and rightly so. So yeah, good stuff. All right. Well, I think that's it for this episode, but that is a thumbs up for the Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. holiday special. Um, it'll keep you going until Guardians 3 comes out next year for those of you who are MCU diehards. But in the meantime, Ali, thank you so much for joining me and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And if you want another great mistletoe joke, there's a Futurama Christmas episode where Santa is a robot that's on a rampage and he uses a tow missile. It's really good. So Amazing. another self-aware Christmassy episode recommendation for you. I'm full of them. Thanks very much. And see you next time, everybody. Bye. Well, that's it for this episode of Bah Humbug. Please join us next time for more Christmas movies madness. In the meantime, I've been your host, Helen O'Hara. This podcast is edited by Ben Williams and produced by Kobe Omanaka for Stripped Media. And if you've enjoyed the pod, please do rate us with five shiny Christmas stars wherever you listen to your podcasts. But whatever you do, happy holidays! just heard a stripped media production.